On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irokti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. At the second last, live, love, laugh, and cabaret queen over the final fence together with Robin The summer's biggest horse racing festival, the Galway Races, starts next week. But it comes at a time when the horse racing industry is dogged by controversy, scandals and crises. The horse is already bolted within the Irish racing industry and Irish racing regulators need to be far more proactive rather than reactive. From bans on trainers to doping allegations to revelations of animal abuse, the sport of kings is under the spotlight. The Agricultural Committee started off looking into accusations of doping, but it's since expanded into a, a wave of other issues, including the governance of the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board, the salary paid to its CEO, and now on top of all that, they will be looking into welfare issues that were raised in the BBC Panorama documentary. Galway play. Early doors has lifted it from Royal I'm Fiona Chain, and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Today I'll be talking to Michael Verney, horse racing correspondent with the Irish Independent, and Philip Ryan, political editor of the Irish Independent, on a sport falling at the hurdles. Michael, this would normally be a a time of the year that uh, a lot of punters would be getting interested in in horse racing around the, the Galway races. Uh, one of the big festivals uh, of the year. But yet we have horse racing kind of mired in controversy again with this Panorama documentary. What 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 did that reveal to us? Yeah, it's probably the, the latest in a long line of controversies that racing has been embroiled in, and in particular, I suppose, Irish racing, because Irish racing was at the forefront probably of the Panorama doc. Uh, I suppose it was a lot to do, Fiona, with uh, the the euthanizing of animals and I suppose anybody that saw the the scenes in the panorama doc the really really appalling abhorrent scenes that I don't think anybody could condone. What I've seen has been quite a lot of animals that I'm concerned have not been killed well. You had horses being euthanized within close proximity of each other. Taking a shot from a distance at a horse and to me that's you know completely out of order. Yeah they're obviously brought up the the large amounts of animals that they said had been euthanized in British and, and Irish uh, abattoirs since 2019. Uh, the number they gave was 4,000, which is uh, a large, large amount, obviously, as well, and quite a startling amount, I'm sure, for anybody who's uh, not familiar with the thoroughbred industry. If you're going to euthanize a horse, you've got to get the bullet in the right place. It doesn't look like the horse is even stunned. I mean, it's certainly the, the, 
bullet has not been effective and you can see it's turning its head it seems to have got some control actually over its head and neck the first few seconds it looks like that horse is still conscious those it was uh, you know it was uh, as much to do with uh probably malpractice in you know some of these abattoirs as it was to do with the racing industry and i think uh, as I was, ta- I was talking to one leading trainer yesterday who uh, who didn't want to go on the record but he just said like basically it's it's our, it seems to be racing's time for a kick in at the moment and they do seem to be front and center in anything that's going on even Gordon Elliott's name obviously Gordon Elliott the suspended trainer from Mead who was given a, a six month uh, six month suspended sentence of his training license in uh, in late February early March his name obviously came up again with some some horses that were uh, once in his care and his name was brought back up again uh, it does seem to be uh, it does seem to be that you know there's just this, uh, it was not an attack on racing, but that racing is definitely uh, any issues within racing, any problems, any welfare issues are definitely being put front and centre now. What I don't think necessarily the Panorama Dock was the most uh, balanced or, you know, you know, there definitely wasn't a lot of balance to it. It was a one-sided uh, story. It was a shocking and a horrent story that they showed, but there definitely wasn't as much balance to it as there should have been. And I think the racing industry has been tired again. And in this instance, I think somewhat tired somewhat unfairly. What about the the allegations from the Irish side, which was around the, the transportation of... Irish horses from Ireland over 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 long distances. Yeah, well, first things first, animals should never be transported with you know with any sort of a distance when they have any sort of injuries or are in any sort of distress. Uh, it it would, would be shocking to think that animals would be transported from Ireland with injuries to be slaughtered or euthanized when you know, th- those same methods can be used to in a much closer proximity within Irish abattoirs. Uh, that was very, very startling. You'd, you'd have to you'd have to wonder as well that if these animals were being transported abroad, which it does seem that they were or they alleged they were, how these animals were getting through anywhere at Dublin Port or wherever they have gone through. So there are probably questions that have to be answered there as well. But animals under distress should never be you know, forced to travel, you know, the 350 kilometers that they were suggest that was suggested in this documentary. What did you think of Horse Racing Ireland's res- response after after this particular uh, investigation? Yeah, they ob- they obviously uh, they obviously came that came down hard on the abattoirs and wanted a full investigation into the practices within the this particular abattoir in Swindon in 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 uh, it's Swindon in the UK, obviously, but I. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been unbelievably happy with with their response. It seems to me that you know, a lot of the time we're responding once the horse is already bolted, so to speak. Whereas you know, chatting to you know a lot of people at the coalface of the industry yesterday, they want horse racing Ireland to be proactive. They don't want them to be reacting to various things that are happening, various controversies. They want them to be basically preventing these type of things from happening, preventing the horse racing industry from being painted in this light. So while you know they will say that they're doing X, Y, and Z to make sure that these things don't happen, they really do need to be a lot more proactive than they are being. And, and a lot of over the past four months, I suppose from the Gordon Elliott saga to the, the Charles Burns Viking Horde saga to the Stephen Mahan case to, you know, this this panorama doc. 
everything seems to be reactionary rather than being proactive and I suppose getting out in front and making sure that it, that the industry, a $2 billion industry isn't painted in such a, a poor light. The veteran and highly respected trainer, Jim Bulger, has come out with some quite startling allegations um, in an interview with, with Paul Kimmage in the, in the Sunday Independent, which has, has really grown grown legs now and, and has has become quite the controversy and put an awful lot of spotlight uh, on, on the industry's practices. Who is Jim Bulger and what is he saying here? Yeah, well, Jim Bulger is one of the most respected uh, owners, breeders and trainers in Ireland. A classic winning trainer uh, has had some of the, the best horses uh, we've known in the last 20 or 30 years in his hands. Uh, you're obviously, you're thinking of the likes of New Approach and then probably Poetic Flair now. And when somebody of Jim's stature, who has literally lived and breed, you know, racing for the, you know the guts of the last fifty years, if not more, when he comes out with some some, some such you know substantial claims that there's going to be a, a Lance Armstrong moment in racing with regards to the doping, and that you know he knows the cheats and he knows who they are, and he, he knows he has an, an an idea in his head what he would like to do to those cheats, um, and the effect that they're having on Irish racing, like. They're huge claims, really, really massive claims that have really rocked Irish racing and have rocked racing on a worldwide scale, I'd say, over the past couple of months um, since he first talked about these this, these claims in the Irish field last year and then maybe went into more detail in the Racing Post and then went into great detail with, with Paul Kimmage uh, in the Sunday Independent in recent weeks in a two-part interview. And then Paul did a follow-up where he actually brought up uh, a lot of anonymous uh, callers and emailers to him who are providing anecdotal evidence that there are, you know, that there is doping taking place in a lot of the largest stables in Ireland. So, you know, they're very, very substantial claims. And as I said, when someone of Jim's stature brings this to the table, uh, they have to, you have to take serious, serious heed of them. And nobody could describe Jim as a small time trainer. Nobody could say he's embittered. Uh, and he is, in my view, absolutely credible and the best person possible at this time for the sport to say what he's saying. And do you think that serious heat is being taken by the the, the, the official um, regulators in this case? Yeah, the IHRB obviously have, have come out uh, again, as I said earlier, uh, maybe rather than being proactive, they've been more reactive to, to Jim's claims and a couple of the pieces in the Sunday Independent. They now release a biannual report on doping in racing and are providing their findings on how many tests that they're doing. And they obviously test every winner uh, in Ireland. They test, they test them for uh, illegal substances. They are doing a lot, but there's probably a lot more that could be done still to make sure that we have no, no cheats in racing. And maybe it's going to take someone of Jim's stature to come forward and really, really, uh, I suppose, open people's eyes and even open the regulator's eyes to what may be going on in some of the largest stables in the country. In this year, in 2021, horse racing has very much suffered a kind of uh, anus horribilis. <laughs> You've had a series of scandals, controversies, crises, what do you think needs to be done at at this point to kind of in, enhance and, and improve the re, the reputation and, and the standards within the industry? Well, if you look at it, I suppose 
Rachel Blackmore kind of saved uh, racing's bacon somewhat uh, at the Cheltenham Festival with her record-breaking exploits and then to become the first woman to win the Entry Grand National. Uh, racing was on the front pages, I'd say, for all the right reasons, have been, having been on the front pages for all the wrong reasons. But, you know, you have, you have you know, the panorama doc at the moment. You have Jim Bulger's claims. Uh, you have probably the Stephen Matten case, which is ongoing at the moment. You have the Charles Burns Viking Horde case as well. Racing has been in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons over the past year. They need to be, you know, unbelievably vigilant to everything that's going on in the industry. They need to be vigilant to the characters and personalities that they're allowing into the industry and basically making sure that everyone involved in the industry is doing their part to make sure that racing is kept as clean as possible and that equine welfare is put to the forefront you're always going to have animal rights activists and people who don't like racing and want to have racing banned. At the end of the day, it's a massive industry. As I mentioned earlier, 2 billion euro industry uh, within Ireland with a mass amount of employment around the country. So they need to protect that and they need to do everything possible to protect the racing industry because it's been dragged through the mud in recent, uh, in recent months. There has been serious questions raised in that Panorama programme last night. Uh, it, it definitely didn't do the reputation of, of horse racing uh, uh, um, any good. But horse welfare um, is universal. It's not just confined to thoroughbreds. And any horse being, mis- being mistreated is completely and utterly unacceptable. And there was cases last night in that footage where we, where we saw, and as Senator Daly said, said previously in the meeting, you know, you'd be at harm to be a horse owner and see the way horses were, were being treated were being treated in, the, in that abattoir. So it raised questions that we will be returning um, to that programme and we'll be coming back to the department to get answers as to how Ireland operates euthanasia in this country. Philip, horse racing has very much entered the, the political domain in, in recent weeks. The Oireachtas Committee on Agriculture now probing a, a number uh, of, of different controversies here. How did that begin? Yeah, th- this series of hearings have been sparked by Jim Bullier's accusations, um, which, which have been proved explosive across the horse racing industry and naturally found their way into politics. So the Agriculture Committee, chaired by Jackie Cattle, took it upon themselves to, to look into this matter and they invited um, all the relevant bodies and people who, who could inform some sort of an investigation or some sort of review of what Jim Bulger has said. And obviously on top of their list for invitees was Mr. Bulger himself, but he's turned that down citing legal advice that he received about uh, attending the hearings. Now they've gone back to him and said, look, you, there's a certain amount of privilege you have here and you can actually you can actually give some evidence with with privilege. They they even offered them offered the opportunity to just give a written statement to them on these matters, and um, because like it's very hard to, for them to do their work into these into these doping claims when they don't have the main protagonist. But what they do have is. Um, and what they have done is had uh, meetings and hearings with Horse Racing Ireland, the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board, the Irish Horse Racing Trainers Association, and with the Department of Agricultural Officials themselves. And they, they, they went through all these doping accusations and all this these claims and, and, and tried to dig into them. Now, it has to be said, they haven't really got a lot of evidence from their hearings to date about um, any issues or any proper real evidence of of doping. 
what what has actually happened is that the debate has kind of swerved in other directions. Um, one being um, concerns that have been raised on a number of occasions by TDs about the independence of the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board, which is responsible for testing of horses in this country. The the, the problems that have been raised is number one that the the board the, 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 the there is no independent uh, membership on the board. There's no government appointees on the board at the moment. There's no women on the board, so so that has raised a lot of questions. And there and there's also been issues around the salary paid to the, the chief executive of the IHRB, because even though it is a state-funded organisation, the Department of Agriculture have some sort of arrangement which they called uh, limited transparency around the salary paid to the, to the current chief executive, who is, is Dennis Egan, and, and they, they haven't been able to tell the committee how much he's even been paid. Yeah, so they don't really see the irony around the term limited transparency, which kind of defeats the purpose in the, in the first place. So if it, it, it does look very much so like a can of worms has been opened here and, and effectively we're now getting into the, the nitty-gritty of how... The, the the state funded bodies uh, over the horse racing industry are actually operating. Yeah, that's what, what it's moved into. Is the industry being properly regulated? They can't find any evidence as we speak. There isn't any there. So no, it's more now about is the industry properly regulated? Is the body that has been set up to do it doing the job? Are there too many insiders in the in the regulatory offices who are overseeing this? A lot of people who are who are in the board and are, are in a part of that organization, you know, they have a history themselves in horse racing. They may have interests currently in horse racing. So it, it, there's a lot of discussion around that. And, and that's one of the avenues that the committee shifted towards. Leading Irish horse trainer Gordon Elliott has uh, this evening been banned from the sport for 12 months with the second uh, of the, the 12 months, the second six-month part, suspended. The Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board issued the punishment just moments ago after it emerged, of course, a photograph emerged during the week of uh, Elliott sitting on a dead horse while on his mobile phone. The ban begins on the 9th of March. He has also been fined €15,000. Explain how big a name uh, uh, Gordon Elliott is in in horse racing, both uh, in in Ireland and the UK. They probably don't get much bigger, Fiona. I'd say probably outside of Willie Mullins in, in regards to the 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 national hunt game. Uh, Gordon Elliott would have started out in the mid two thousands with you know a handful of horses. Would have had no real background in racing. His his family are, are a long line of kind of panel beaters and engineers. Is his mother is a housewife and he's built up this incredible empire in Colentra in Mead. It's it's an unbelievable uh it's an unbelievable equine hotel, you'd have to say, when you go up there in excess of two hundred horses, probably the guts of about two hundred and fifty horses there at any given time. So a massive name within the racing industry. And whenever Willie Mullins uh, steps away, whenever that might be, it might be a long way away. Uh, Gordon Elliott would have been seen as as his natural successor. He's he's the one that has pushed him close and probably forced Willie Mullins to uh, even increase his standards even even higher. So I suppose when that story when that story broke uh, in Fe- late February, early March, um, it sent uh, absolute shockwaves throughout the racing industry. But we'll we'll obviously now remain under pretty intense scrutiny, and and that's not just from within the industry itself. The the wider world will be watching Gordon Elliott. 
Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Um, everyone's eyes are going to be on him, really. He hasn't been pictured over the past four months. He hasn't really been quoted over the past four months as well. And people are going to be having a really, really uh, close look on him. He's going to be forensically analysed every, everything he does. Probably for the rest of his days, um, it was obviously a horrific uh, thing that he did. It was a horrific mistake that he made. He uh, eventually came out with, you know, with his hands up and explained, tried to explain the situation. Um, so he's, he's, he's going to get a second chance, but he's really, really going to have the eyes of the world and definitely the eyes of the wrestling industry looking very closely at him. Philip, hand in hand with, with horse racing is gambling and that too is, is coming under the spotlight. President Michael D. Higgins quite outspoken about the proliferation of gambling ads, probably in the wake of, of lockdown uh, and bookie shops being closed for for a, a long period, and so many sporting events being dominated now by gambling advertising. Where do you see that going? Yeah, my, Michael D. Higgins' intervention is is very timely and it's very interesting. He he's not shy of um, giving his tougher marks on the issues of today, and it's interesting that he would take this issue on because gambling is a problem for a lot of people. It's enjoyed by a lot of people as well, but there are people out there who have had their lives and their families' lives seriously damaged by gambling. His comments come at a time when the Labour Party are also trying to push through a bill through uh, from the Shannon into, in, into the Dáil um, to, to ban gambling ads, to, to stop all these ads you see every time you turn on the football, anytime you turn on the TV, or even if you have a little flutter yourself on, on a gambling app, which I do occasionally, that every other website you go on to then seems to have a, an ad for, um, an ad for um, gambling of some description, some sort of company. So it, it is an issue and it is something that will be tackled. Whether it's going to be done in the lifetime of this doll, I'm not so sure. But as, we can, as we've seen over the years with other vices, when you look at smoking uh, and alcohol um, and, and various other products which are damaging to people, that eventually regulations do get tighter on advertising and when you can advertise and who you can advertise them to. So I, I would see in the future there will be tighter rules around gambling advertising. You are listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Produced by Mary Carroll, with sound design by John Smith. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow the Galway races on independent.ie.